Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens. And my name is Nadia Johnson, and we're your hosts. And we're super stoked today because we have a very special guest with us. And for the pet lovers out there, you're going to love this episode. We have Bailey Schroeder, who is the CEO and co-founder of Pet Academy. Bailey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. We're excited to chat with you. And this is definitely something that's, you know, kind of in our realm, but not in our realm. Uh, talking about this this sort of community. So we want to know all about you. So how did you become this entrepreneur? How did you learn about pets? Or yeah, I know you're a pet parent from when we talked. So tell us about your journey. How did you get here? Yeah, so about 10 years ago, I actually founded another company in the pet space called Rescue Walk. Um, and what we did was we enabled pet parents to go on a walk and earn money for their favorite rescue or shelter. Um, from there, I kind of moved a bit more into the startup technology scene, living in New York, living in San Francisco, kind of really wanting to build up, I'll say my skills as a product manager and as someone who kind of understands how you can use tech um, to just build amazing things. And so, yeah, so from there, I actually adopted a dog named Harry. And Harry is this very beautiful, fluffy chow chow. Uh, adopted him in New York. And when I brought him home, I knew that he had a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety. As we got to know each other more, learned that these fears, these anxieties were were pretty big. And we wanted to, to really bring in an expert to help us. And so started looking in New York, what trainer should I work with? Should we get a, a veterinary behaviorist? And actually moved to this place where we got both. <laughs> so got him a trainer, got a veterinary behaviorist to really help us figure out like, what can we do to make this dog happy to like live this great life together? What needs to happen? And so through the support that we found in New York, through the trainer, through the behavioral, um, the veterinary behaviorist, we got to a great place. And at the end of that, I was like, you know, so much of this information, as valuable as it is, like, I can't find it anywhere. I don't know where to look. It's where so I look? scattered. It's scattered about. It's, and this could be for anything. Like if you're like, you know, pet trainers near me or, you know, people to help near me. It's, it's just so scattered. Totally. It's so scattered. And again, just as a person who had just adopted a dog, I would have no idea where to look. And so thought, Hey, can we build a tool that makes it easy for people to get high quality uh, training, behavioral support for these adopted animals, these potentially fostered animals that they're, they're bringing into their home. Um, and so through that journey, we'll say starting a company, Working in tech, adopting a dog with lots of behavioral issues, that led me to found uh, to found Pet Academy. 
Great. That's, that's wonderful. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad you were able to like find that support, but then also think like, how can I in turn help people who are having this, this similar issues and like going to technology for that and using all your skills and your experiences to start the Academy. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't have a pet, but I'm like, I'm thinking like, I'd want one, but when I get one, I'm like, where would I go? Like, I would be clueless to like, as to how to like take care of a pet. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so going into a building pet Academy, who, who inspired you along the way as you moved into helping others with, with their pets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. So I would say the first, obviously is Harry, who I mentioned, yes. who's kind of the, the animal that got all of this started. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's funny because we, we've built all these online courses, all these course materials, educational materials, and almost all of them have an animated version of Harry in them. <laughs> so his like inspiration so and cute. impact, it continues through even That's though he's- so cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll send you guys a link so you can you can check out the, the yeah. courses because yeah, he's he's a very cute dog even when he's animated, um, <laughs> or especially when he's animated, perhaps. Um, but uh, but uh, say your question one more time. I've now lost it going on a tangent. Yeah. Of, so of, who of Harry. who inspired you along your journey? So yeah. you said Harry was like the first one that kind of inspired you along, or the you know was the pet that inspired you along your journey. Um, is there anyone else that kind of inspired you along your journey to Pet Academy? Yeah, so I think one of the big ones is really the rescues and shelters that we work with. And again, I had coming into Pit Academy, I had worked with shelters and rescues for for many, many years. And I think one of the big things is really what that I find it inspiring, at least, is we'll say the resilience that they have. Like they have a hard job, right? Like there's a lot of animals coming in. They're trying to place them in the best homes. Uh, they're trying to do what's best for the animals. Um it's, it's pretty amazing. So I would say they are a big inspiration as to why we do what we do and to try to make their lives easier. I would say just to, to put it bluntly. Um, and then the last piece, which is more, I guess today as the company is in progress. So we're getting, right now we service tens of thousands or provide support to tens of thousands of pet parents a month. Um, and we have a very small team. So we have four trainers slash behavioral consultants on, on, on our team, on staff to really provide some one-on-one support to some of these pet parents. And I'll say that the breadth of questions, the breadth of concerns that people have are very, very vast. Um, And I would say that they inspire me, number one, in that they just retain all of this knowledge, which is pretty mind-blowing to begin with. But I would say that they deliver the recommendations with so much empathy, which I think like we can kind of get caught up in tech sometimes. I'm like, oh, everything needs to be so operationally perfect. It needs to be bug-free. But really a lot of times, like you're delivering people information through tech, but that piece, that component of empathy can really make or break kind of how they experience, how they learn. Um, and when it comes to the pets, like the value, the, the takeaways that these pets are able to get based on what is being retained, absorbed by that pet parent. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I always say like empathy would make our world, if everybody just had empathy, it would make our world a such smidge. a better place. Just a smidge. <laughs> just a yes. smidge. Just everybody. <laughs> so as you're, as you're talking and I'm thinking about like all the different questions that you have to filter through and all the different trainings that you develop it, my ID brain is just going towards training. And I want to know a little bit about like how, and I'm going to go a little bit off the questions because this is a little bit different. How 
do how does your process work for developing training because you're going directly to the end user directly to the the pet parents directly to and this could be in any situation you know how are you developing that what is your process like because i know from experience it's really difficult to meet the level of needs of all different types of learners and what they want and get them to to what they need and what they want to learn quickly but also knowing too that they're retaining the information and you know like assessments and so my my brain's going there so tell us a little bit about your training process or how you build things and then how you put it out for the world yeah, so in terms of the, the the building of the courses, so we practice positive reinforcement-based training kind of full stop. There's many different training methodologies, but for us, that's the only one that we focus on, um, which makes it easier out of the gate in terms of what's the spectrum of training we would create. It's very limited to that subsection. Um, and then from there, we essentially have developed like a series of core behaviors uh, that we believe every parent, every dog parent, every cat parent should know in order to set their pet up for success. From there, we've built out behavioral issues. So there's a very common set, depending on the species of animal, of behavioral issues that these pet parents, um, that these pet parents and these pets experience. So for us, it was really around creating a very solid base of, 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 let's say information, education, courses, and lessons that based on the pet parents' needs, we kind of like package up together and deliver to them. So an example of that would be, so again, think in your head, we have this big mound of, of courses and lessons on the on the right. Um, and then on the left, a pet parent comes in and they're like, hey, I just adopted a puppy. The puppy isn't house trained. I have a cat in the house. I also have a dog in the house. And I really wanted to, to set, set my dog up to learn a bunch of tricks. It's like with that information, we can literally go and pluck from our course materials, this series of courses that that pet parent should learn in order to achieve their goals, which are kind of, you know, by association, the goals of the pet as well, right. um, and give that to them. From there, they, again, they have this training plan. We do, uh, prompt them to kind of submit some of their progress, to do quizzes. Um, and then if they have questions, which many of them do, um, or they need support, like, hey, you told me to uh, install a cat hammock, but my cat's still jumping on the counter. Like, this isn't working. What do I do? That's when our team steps in and it's like, oh, okay, well, tell me more of what's going on. And so they'll tell us the nuances of their situation. And then while the materials that we provided to them are still relevant, there might be a little bit of tweaking that we need to do in order to make it completely fit with the situation that that pet parent is um, is experiencing and that their cat in that case is experiencing. Yeah. So you're personalizing the learning experience, just like we try to do yeah. in e-learning world and instructional design world is like, this is what I need. And you're giving me what I need without giving me all the extra sifting through the, the clutter of like, I mean, just typing in pet support on Google. It's yeah. <laughs> millions and millions of things to evaluate and sift through. And you can really pick any topic, but you know, pets, therapy, I mean, what I, anything pop culture, like it's just so difficult, but it sounds like you've taken this and you've really personalized and customized the experience for pet owners. Because I, I know one thing as a pet owner, you're like, you're just worried like about the, the quality of life and what's, what's going to happen to your quality of life, your pet's quality of life, making sure everybody has a nice balance there and everybody feels comfortable and safe in their environment. Totally. 
Yeah, I think that is like when a pet parent reaches it to us, a lot of the time it isn't like, oh, I'm angry. Like my dog is, you know, barking at another dog going by. It's like, hey, my dog's barking. Like they're obviously feeling stress. How can I help them feel less stress? So it's coming from this place of like wanting the best for their animals, um, which I think is awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing I was going to say, just in terms of like how the information is delivered. So when we, so we have a program that we run with um, shelters and rescues across US, Canada, and Australia, uh, where they work with us to offer behavioral support to every new adopter and every new foster. And so when a person adopts, that pet parent automatically receives 30 days of support from our team. Um, that support also includes access to the specific course that's relevant to, to their animal um, and all the lessons and whatnot. But one of the big learnings that we had was when we started, everything we did was, you know, was through email and also through this online, let's say, community platform that that pet parents could access. And our engagement level was pretty good. But we thought, you know what, like people, they live on their phones. And I fundamentally mm -hmm. am very, very nervous about creating a mobile app because I feel like it's very expensive and people don't want all this clutter on their phone. So it's like, what can we do to use their phone, but in a way that feels natural. Can we use text message? So we moved a ton of what we do to text message. And now I would say we're text message first. So when a person adopts, they receive a text from us saying, hey, congratulations on adopting your new dog, Harry. If you have any questions or need anything over the next 30 days, we're here to support you. And again, that's in conjunction with the courses that we give them access to, but we check in with them once a week just saying hey how are things going do you need any support and based on what we they tell us that's going on we can direct them to the lesson or the course materials that would would help them in that moment but moving to text message kind of meeting people we'll say where they're at on their phone <laughs> made a huge difference in terms of engagement um, and how pet parents work with us uh, once they bring those animals home awesome and I, that's what I was wondering. So is that when you're doing the messaging system, is that where they, they have the access to the trainer that they're able mm -hmm. to kind of ask those questions to? Yeah. And it's, when I first started the, when I first started pet cutting, which is a bit more than four years ago, um, I had this thought, well, oh, pet parents will just reach out to us. I'll make this, this form where people can submit any questions they have when they have them. And basically nobody asked a question. Right. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Like I have all this information, but I want that I want to give to people. Um, but realized, hmm, if but if, if you reach out to someone just like, hey, I'm here for you and kind of nudge them to tell you what's going on, now our now we're getting like multiples and multiples more questions just by nudging that person. So yes, it's it's predominantly email that we ask the pet parents okay. what's going on. They can ask the questions to us. Um, every shelter has a unique phone number that their pet parents can text with questions that all come into our team. We show all those conversations back to the rescues and shelters so that they don't have to feel like they're in the dark after we you know, take over part of that, that behavioral and training component. Um, mm -hmm. So we try to make it really, really easy for everyone. Okay. So I'm, I'm interested to know a little bit more about the customer experience. So can you um, kind of walk us through or describe the customer experience, like kind of what happens, like once someone signs up and wants to get started with supporting their pet? Mm -hmm. Sure. So 
I'll give you the example with the the shelters and rescues first, because a huge portion of our of our our population or community comes from those relationships and partnerships. So for an adopter, a person that adopts a dog, let's say their dog is named Bruce, uh, they would receive a text message a day after they adopted that said, hey, congratulations on, on adopting your new dog, Bruce. If you have any questions, text this number. We're here for you. Three days later, we text them again. You're like, hey, how are the first 72 hours with your pet? Then at the 10-day mark, we're like, hey, we ask a variety of questions of how's your pet meeting people? How is your pet when someone comes to the door? With the goal of not asking them, is there any problems with your pet? But getting a sense of like what's actually going on, because again, we can use those that information, those signals to automatically provide them with resources. So the big piece, again, for a pet parent is that 30-day cycle of messages that they'll receive over text message and they can respond to or ask us questions at any time. In addition to that, um, via email, we send them the information to enroll in the course that we think would be best for them. So, for example, a person that's adopted a dog would be prompted to enroll in Adoption Fundamentals for Dogs, which will give them really, we'll say, high quality but kind of bite-sized information with the goal of not having them retain hours of course materials, but little snippets of information of what to do, what not to do to really, again, try to maximize retention mm-hmm. um, and set them and set them up for, for success with their pet. Um, and lastly, as part of this program, they also have access to our communities where they can connect in a more of a forum style and see other pet parents questions, what they're asking, issues they're facing. Our team chimes in there as well. Um, But it's meant to be a a space where pet parents can kind of learn from one another, talk to one another um, and, and kind of make progress together. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. I like that too. And I feel like the education space could take a lot of snippets from just what you're saying. You're offering a personalized learning experience but you're also offering great customer service and support when things are confusing or you don't have the answers or you encounter a barrier. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you're opening up a community so that you're having the learners support each other. Um, So it's really this space where everybody, you have like these fail safes put into place. So if something happens, like they can reach out, they, they just don't feel alone. And I feel like when we, when it comes to training and learning and development, like sometimes those opportunities aren't there. Like you get one shot to take this test and if you fail, you fail. Um, so I really feel like that's important to point out, especially to our audience that building in these types of these checkpoints, but also, like I said, fail safes can help the end user become more successful and then everybody wins. Right. And I, and I like that. It's kind of like not too overwhelming when that, when the customer first, you know, comes on to Pet Academy and is like, you're kind of like collecting that information in a nice subtle way through messages and kind of then building out their plan and personalizing their learning. And then it's not too overwhelming for the pet owner. Um, So I do, I like that, that kind of like gradual um, customer experience process um that kind of eases them into the learning yeah you're already overwhelmed by adopting the pet yeah <laughs> totally yeah. i'm yeah. sure like, i'm sure i can like, imagine it's like, it's like having a baby i can imagine I don't know what having a baby's like but i kind of get an idea from adopting a pet that's what it's like bringing bringing somebody new home so bailey totally. you're you're a very successful entrepreneur you you know you have a couple startups um 
a lot of our audience has, they have dreams, they want to do their own startup, they want to be their own boss, they want to have, they want to do something they're passionate about. Obviously, pets is something you're passionate about. So is there any sort of pieces of advice, maybe like two or three that you can give people who are thinking about starting to start maybe things to, to do, or maybe things that, you know, challenges you might encounter and how you overcome those. I'd love to hear yeah. this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a few things come to mind. Uh, the first one it comes to, let's say running a startup and, and maybe even starting one is experimentation. So I talk <laughs> about this a lot um, in terms of it just, be ready, be willing, be excited to experiment um, and do so in a way that doesn't require you to kind of sit down for months and months and months in order to ship something, put something into the world to get feedback. Like the goal of experimentation, I think, is to lose and win early. <laughs> so you're kind of looking for signals and experimentation is, is, is what drives that. Um, the next piece I would say is really just keeping things simple and looking for signals. So when I started Pet Academy, it was a blog. And it was a blog and an email drip campaign, um, which was super simple. I'm not an engineer. My background is in product, but I'm not technical at all. But I could use no code in you know, products to kind of mesh something together in order to get a signal. Built this blog and ended up being, um, uh, we'll say, contacted by this partner company uh, called 24Pet, which we work with, have worked with for four years now. Um, but they were like, hey, what you're doing is really interesting. Would you be interested in kind of building it out more to potentially support the pet parents within our community? And I was like, sure, that sounds like a great idea. But it really was how fast can I get my idea out into the wilderness or into the world <laughs> to get feedback, look for signals, um, and then build based on those signals. Yeah, that's great because people spend so much time, I feel like, trying to perfect something. And you really, you become so lost and naughty. I don't know if this happens. You become so lost in what you think should happen and you believe in all your biases that you forget like this is going out to other people and you need that feedback in order to make it better because the process is very iterative. Totally. And I would say what I, I, I see relatively often and had a conversation about this yesterday is there is this inclination to want to just like, to, to build something so it's perfect. So for example, if you want to run a test to see if people are going to engage with a piece of, of content, you probably don't need to focus on building a pipeline that delivers the content every day for the course of a year if nobody cares about the content, right? So it's like being clear in your mind of like, what do you actually need to understand in order to keep this moving forward and not get bogged down with like, oh, when a million people want this, this is what the, what the, this kind of the operational processes need to be. So, um, right. Yeah. 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 Th that's, that's great advice. That's yeah. Great advice. So without giving away too much, um, is there any new exciting things on the roadmap for Pet Academy in the upcoming year? Um, you know, don't want to, give away all of your secrets for what you have in the pipeline, but <laughs> yeah, new and exciting coming our way. Yeah. So as I mentioned, um, and we talked about it a few minutes ago, community learning, I think is, is really, really important to us. And I think as we scale, it is kind of a necessity <laughs> in order to keep up with, with pet parents and continue to give them support quickly. Um, and so what we're looking at doing is thinking about how can we potentially build group 
like support group style forums. So for example, if you had a variety of people, a group of people whose dogs were all experiencing separation anxiety, could we bring all of those people together and even have a live kind of conversation with a trainer, with a variety of people to kind of talk through things together? Um, and so we're looking, yeah, at different ways that we can kind of use our community, use shared experience to, again, kind of grow together, learn together, and then improve ultimately the lives of the pet parents and the pets as a function of that group learning. Awesome. So more collaborative, well, I like that. collaborative learning going yeah. on. Yeah. You're adding that into it. So I, I envision like a zip code and to putting in a zip code and like, these are the pet parents in your area that may have this issue or something, yeah. something along those lines. Because I know when I go for like online resources, sometimes mm -hmm. I do want to know if there's I don't know any other instructional designers in my area. It's really sad. <laughs> yeah. It's really sad. But having it, like pet parents, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other interesting, just building on that in terms of zip codes, I hadn't really thought about behavioral challenges being location. Like I kind of think of them being location agnostic. It doesn't really matter where you're from. You're yeah, yeah. experiencing the same thing. We bring it together. But there are things that do or are situations where location could matter. So, for example, when a person brings home a puppy, one of the, the number one piece of advice I would give to any puppy parent is to socialize that puppy with other puppies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to tire them out. They're going to learn how to use their mouth. Like it's, it's you can avoid so many problems down the road by taking that step. But one of the, the challenges in some cases is like, well, I don't have any friends with puppies. Yep. Where do I find a puppy? Right. And so if you yeah. can think, okay, here's my zip code, here's other people that have um, brought home puppies that are within X number of days or within X age and size, can we connect those people? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. that's one of the things we're thinking about um, in terms of those group connections. Um, and we're getting close, maybe by the end of next year, we'll be at a scale where like that might actually work. Because <laughs> you need a lot of dogs probably and a lot of, uh, you need a lot of adoptions to facilitate it, at least within the community we've built. Uh, but that's something that we're, we're looking at as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. They can connect and go on a walk together or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, because whatever the this app is, what is it called? Neighborhood or next door it used to be called next door now it's called mm -hmm. neighborhood man people are just not utilizing that app for what it's meant to do <laughs> um so you know finding people and connecting and they're just using it to complain and stuff like that anyways i don't know so we're i could talk about pet stuff all day um we're coming up on the end of the episode here and i really see a lot of the relationship between what you're doing and what we do as instructional designers or in the ed tech space. That's why I wanted to have you on to make that connection. Is there anything that we missed? Anything else you want to share about Pet Academy? And I also want to know from you in this space, like the startup space, the pet space, whatever space you want to talk about, what does the future look like here? So what are we talking about, you know, with AI coming down the line and, and those different things? So anything else you want to share with the audience? And of course, we'll have everything in the show notes. And then what does the future look like? Yeah, I think the future is just continually getting deeper into personalization and personalization quickly. Um, and I guess not needing to go to 10 different places to get information about a pet, like this is kind of a digression, maybe, <laughs> but we receive information about pets from a shelter. 
right? We theoretically could have all the information from a pet that could be passed to a vet. And our behavioral information could be passed to a vet as well. And like having this kind of holistic view of the animal, of the home, uh, being able to get that without having to hodgepodge data from 10 different sources to, again, enable people to make fast decisions um, around the health of the pet, the behavior, like um, all the different kind of components just around well-being, I would say, not even health, but the well-being of the animal. Um, but using technology to make all those connections and make it easy for people to take actions quickly. Yeah. I feel like not even our human healthcare industry does this. It's hodgepodge putting things yeah, together. Totally. <laughs> and thankfully though, with pets, well, I'm just going to say it's not as regulated as human health, but it's still pretty regulated. So you have to be yeah. careful with all the things, but I feel as though, I don't know, we're on like the cusp of, of there's been a lot of consolidation in the industry as well with pets. And so you're kind of, I guess on the forefront, on the cusp of this time where all information is easily available in one place for an animal, for everyone to make the best decisions for that animal and for the pet parent that's kind of taking care of that animal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. This was a great episode. I just dropped my AirPod. Um, I love going outside of the, outside of the space a little bit and seeing what, what we can, what can induce get into about pet stuff and of course I'm passionate about that Nadia knows um you know I have I had well Nadia I adopted a, a puppy I haven't showed you yet but oh, I really? <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> um yeah so very timely episode for me um I just lost one and then they're like don't do it too soon and then I went like four you went later. <laughs> immediately <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like nope some other baby needs a home so here we are um That's but definitely awesome. Uh, everything in the show notes about Pet Academy so that everybody can go there, check out what Bailey and her team are doing. It, it's it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that we got connected. Um, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. You've just experienced an another amazing episode of Ed Up Ed Tech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest edtech happenings. See you next time.